are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. And we are on the other side of F emphasis fundraising, but it's never too late to pledge. So if you're still thinking about doing it, you can get in on like all a whole bunch of really good prizes and stuff. Depending on how long you wait, you may not be able to get in on the early bird prizes. But uh, I think if you like picked up the phone right now or went to cfcr.ca and pledged right now, you actually still would be. So you could do that. I do want to say a big thank you to Chris Meek and Merv Rischelhoff who pledged during our show. Thank you, thank you. Thank you guys, thank you for keeping us on the air and to uh, all of the uh, participants and hosts of this show who also pledged to help us make our quota and, and then some. So all is well in the universe. Um, we are very, very happy about that. So thank you. Uh, CFCR is a worthy cause and we would not be uh, donating our time and money to do this if we didn't think so. So um, we're glad to think that there are some of you out there that feel the same way. So thank you. All right, well, lots to talk about today. Uh, we've got Hank and Craig weighing in on two shows. Uh, they're gonna talk about uh, the new Jeffrey Dahmer TV show that's a weekly on Netflix. And there's also American Gigolo, which Dave and I have also been watching. Uh, it is, it's decent. Like when I first started watching it, I, I admittedly was making fun of it as we watched it. She was. But I am really enjoying it and I am looking forward to it every week. John Bernthal is great in it. So it's fun. And he's better in this than... We Own the City? Ooh, I don't know. Well, maybe not better be better than We Are the City. But better, better than Punisher, than, maybe you were going to say. I was going to say better than the original American Gigolo. Oh, like yeah. Richard be Gere. better than Richard Gere, you just have to like convince the audience you're a human being. So He is not a robot. So they're going to talk about those two things. Uh, so you can stay tuned for that. I want to talk about a bunch of comics a little later on the show, but we're going to lead with Brennan. You're wanting to talk about the animated clerks. Do tell. Yes. Well, um, <clears throat> first of all, this isn't anything new. Um, the actual DVD set of Clerks, the animated series, came out in 2001. So it's not like it's a new product. But with Clerks 3 coming out, I was thinking, you know, it'd be nice to talk about some other Kevin Smith movies or Clerks projects that maybe people have missed or hasn't thought of. So there was the Clerks uh, comic, for example, that Omnipress put out. That was quite good. I remember liking that. But besides the original Clerks movie, Clerks the Animated Series is probably one of my favorite versions of Clerks that has ever been released. They did a really great job of making it uh, funny and humorous. It has a very like adult-oriented humor to it, but it's not as shocking as, say, South Park or maybe as weird as like Rick and Morty or something. You know what I mean? It was originally picked up by ABC and was going to be shown during primetime television. So uh, that's part of the reason why it's probably cleaner, but they did a really good job. So what had happened even back in the 90s, right after Clerks had come out, Kevin Smith had this idea of doing Clerks, the animated series. And he's been shopping around since like the mid 90s and no one wanted to bite. They couldn't ever seem to get it off the ground. And then ABC, now if you listen to the DVD, they explain this whole story in the director's comments, but they never say what the big network was because they're afraid of getting sued. But I did a bit of research and it was ABC. 
Um, I mean, they even had Clerks, the animated series, even had a Super Bowl commercial. That's how much ABC was behind Clerks. UPN originally was going to do the Clerks cartoon, and they said, we love the idea. Basically, we'll make as many episodes as you want. You have, write your own ticket. Uh, ABC gave them a six-episode deal, but basically said, you know, UPN will be out of business in the next, like, six months to a year anyway. So you might as well go with the big, the big network, right? So they did. Made the cartoon. They have had celebrity voices like um, James Wood, Gwyneth Paltrow, Alec Baldwin plays the mean big bad named Leonardo Leonardo, who is an expat of Leonardo, New Jersey, who becomes a millionaire, much like the um, Mr. Burns from, from The Simpsons, and now comes back and wrecks havoc in their lives. Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson from the original Clerks come back as Dante and Randall. James Highland Bob, since it's a primetime TV show, their new jobs is they sell fireworks to kids. So in every episode, they end up blowing something up um, because they're inept, of course, and they're, right? It's really, really funny. You actually get a bit more of James Talent Bob in, in this series just because there are more episodes. Now, the problem with the cartoon when it came out was that it takes a long time to make it. And right before they're supposed to be released, ABC became number one in the ratings because of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? So all the time spots that were supposed to be for Clerks, the anime series, went to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? They showed it to a test audience who didn't get it and didn't like it. And they only aired two of the episodes, but they aired them out of order. So the second episode is a flashback episode where they talk about all the crazy things they've done. That's the one they showed first. So it's still funny as a standalone episode because some of the jokes are just made up, but a lot of them make reference to the episode that happened before it. And so if you watch that one first, it, it doesn't make any, any sense at all. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, by the way, does the voice of Patrick Swayze, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> they actually had Patrick Swayze interested in doing it, but the joke is he works at the pet store and his agent said Patrick Swayze won't do it if it makes it look like his career is going down the hill. So they got Gilbert Gottfried and Gilbert Gottfried doesn't even try to pretend he's Patrick Swayze. He's just all Gilberts <laughs> pretending to be Patrick Swayze. Notably writing credits, uh, Paul Dini from Batman the Animated Series wrote the second episode of Clerks the Animated Series. Charles Barkley is a reoccurring character. So what they do, they have, um, and I forget what cartoon it was, uh, or kids show, but at the end, they'd always have like a science fact or something you could do at home. And I can't think of what, what show it was, but anyway, Clerks does this. And as a joke, they're trying to have a reoccurring character. And it was just like, I wonder if Charles Barkley would do it because they all like basketball. And sure enough, they got Charles Barkley for one episode. So they just kept writing him in and he kept agreeing to do it. So every episode at the end has Charles Barkley coming back with some kind of like science fact or sports fact. And it's actually Charles Barkley. It's not an impersonator. It's really clever. It's, it's funny. Again, it's very like, you know, kind of like adult humor that doesn't take itself too seriously, isn't afraid of pushing boundaries, but doesn't have like maybe the foul language and things that other that other shows would have. It's the one project that I've seen, I've listened to this on podcasts and I've seen the Clerks cast in. Every time Kevin Smith wants to do a Clerks movie, one of the main actors doesn't want to do it. Um, I, th I, th <laughs> I think it's Jeff Anderson. It's just kind of like, it has to be a really good script. I'm not, it's not my thing. But in the interviews, when they're asked, what would you do again if you had the chance? They all say the animated series. 
every single one of them. They said, if we had the money to do it again, we would do more of the Clerks cartoon. So if you're a Kevin Smith fan, definitely worth checking out. I put it on as background noise and watch all the time. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. There's lots of, of movie Easter eggs and, and things like that. Where you can find it, I don't know. I did a quick Google search and I couldn't find it on any paying service. Like I said, I had the DVD set. So maybe go to Amazon or maybe it's online there somewhere. You can also find the Clerks pilot. They did a TV show pilot. I'm not sure if you ever saw that. It was like Clerks meets Saved by the Bell. And it was horrible. And it was filmed without Kevin Smith even knowing it was happening. But that one never got past the first episode because that's how bad it was. So watch that one if you come across it. And if you can, try to find Clerks, the uh, the animated series. Uh, it's really good. And Clerks 3 is coming out. So watch this first and then go check out Clerks 3. And hopefully I'll talk about that next week. All right. I am sold. I want to see Clerks, the animated series. I had no idea it was a thing. I love cartoons. I love them. They're amazing. We're rewatching right now the Venture Brothers from the beginning because it's just so darn good. And we are absolutely in love with Harley Quinn, the animated series that's on season three right now. So yeah, cartoons. I might have to borrow that from you, Brennan, if I can't buy it anywhere. Oh, for sure. And like one of my favorite episodes, uh, Jay uh, is Sue's the quick stop because he he slipped on their floor because there was like pop left on the on the floor. And at the end of the episode, they ran out of time according around of money according to the show so it was actually drawn by korean animators so they say the rest of the episode is done by the korean animators enjoy and suddenly it turns into a total like uh anime cartoon right with the big expressions and it's it's all crazy for some reason they have like wrote like heart like transformers show up and there's it's bonkers it's really really good so i will definitely lend it to you it is is worth there's only six episodes so i mean People binge watch like 18 hours of episodes in one day. This is a, this one's a quick one. Okay. I am in. All right. Well, we're going to throw things over to Hank and Craig and hear what they think about the Dahmer show and American Gigolo show. And then we're going to talk about some comics. So take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Silliphant on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM. And I'm joined by my good buddy, Hank Cruz. Yeah. That's the sound of Woo-hoo. one guy clapping for himself. But it wasn't a slow clap. It wasn't a slow clap. No, it was, it was a fast clap. Slow zombies, fast claps. That's how we do it yeah. around here. Uh, so we got a few things to talk about today. A couple TV shows and a, I guess, a home video release, if we want to call it that, that I nerded my way into uh, this week. Uh, but let's start with television. Now, we want to talk about the movie with the most strange title, or sorry, it's a TV show with the most strange title, that I've seen in a while, Dahmer dash monster colon the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I don't know why it has <laughs> such a stupid title. Now this is made by Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan and Ryan Murphy, probably most known uh, for uh, shows like Nip Tuck, American Horror Story, which I don't really like actually, but he also, he did that uh, OJ American crime story with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., which was really well made. So uh, he's definitely got a fairly good track record, uh, I think. Uh, Evan Peters, who we know is one of the Quicksilvers, plays Jeffrey Dahmer, who, of course, uh, you know, was a reasonably prolific serial killer. He killed like 17 people in about five years. Uh, of course, it's a pretty crazy story. I don't know how much we want to necessarily get into some of the gross details of it, but most people are fairly aware of it. I've only seen one episode of the show so far. 
and I know Hank, you've seen uh, quite a few more than me, so Six. no spoilers. So I, I will say what's interesting for me is I studied a lot of this stuff in university, serial killers in general. Uh, and so I, I'm interested to see how much of this the show uh, really does well versus kind of like just, you know, dramatizing things for effect and stuff. And I'd say of the one episode I've seen so far, uh, it was pretty good. I think they were playing up certain aspects that like were obviously part of it, but uh, and and not playing up certain aspects that I think were important to play up. But again, I only saw one episode and I thought it was a very smart first episode that they kind of start. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but they they start in a great place, I'll just say. Uh, that kind of gives you that first episode rush and not so you don't have to sit through a bunch of tables uh, setting it gives you like the, the story bang right out of the gates but it also has a, like a few surprises in store so what are you thinking so far having seen more than me so out of the uh well you know uh we talked uh, a while ago about how it would be nice that the streamers would only release one episode per week so then you've got a week to think about it and then you can talk about it and things like that uh, this one should have been released once a week because this is one of the only shows I have not been able to binge watch because after one, that's enough right. because of, you know, there's been documentaries, movies, like other things about Dahmer, but here, the how realistic it is and how violent and they're actually showing him cutting up the bodies and things that he's doing to the bodies and like oh like wow it is so much to take in plus the performance uh just of uh evan uh sorry we said evan peters, peters. yeah evan he is Dahmer, and now i don't i'm worried about his career now that it's going to be tough for him to get another role because it is like he is so great like a hundred percent for this guy but it is so real that I feel bad as a person for watching it because it's like, why am I watching this? And like, wow. So uh, out of the episodes so far, they've done a really good job about focusing on Dahmer, of course, but everybody else. So his dad, especially uh, his uh, mom who left his dad's uh, uh, girlfriend, you know, and just going through his life and the police who messed things up several times and like could have arrested him and they didn't it's fascinating so it takes everything that i've read about it and 200 times better to see this show but i feel sick to my stomach watching it so yeah. i i don't know what what that makes me but but wow yeah if you're into a that, true crime it's it's a show yeah. that probably makes you a good human being i guess but uh it's worth noting uh nick cave and uh, uh warren ellis did the music for the series too uh richard jenkins plays richard jenkins who's an amazing actor plays uh, lionel dahmer uh jeffrey dahmer's dad and I don't think I've seen her yet on the first episode, but I know oh, Molly Ball plays uh, Sherry Dahmer, uh, his mother. What I'm interested to see is like, I, you know, I'm all for the like gory parts of this and everything, but like, I want to see, you know, one of the big reasons Dahmer was able to get away with what he did for so long, besides some of the police ineptitude and stuff, was I think the socioeconomic factors of where he lived and a lot of his victims. So, you know, he was predominantly a white man killing, uh, you know, people of color uh, and and obviously gay people and, and things like that. So, you know, I think that there was just a system that doesn't care about those people uh, and that allowed him to uh, get away with it for longer. So I'm interested to see how well the show uh, They does that uh, really started to address that in, I think, episode five going into six. 
Right. Um, they've addressed that. And even the police are asking them about that and be like, no, you chose to live here. And we know why, because you're a predator and this. And he's like, no, that's the only place I could afford. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But oh, oh, he's creepy. Like, oh, well. Yeah. Well, yeah. He does a good job. So the next show we're going to talk about is American Gigolo, which if you are oh, familiar with a lot of... Creepy. Yeah, exactly. With a lot of movies and stuff, you might uh, remember the 1980 American neo-noir crime drama, uh, which was written and directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Paul Schrader, and starred Richard Gere and Lauren Hutton. Uh, It's about a high-priced escort in L.A., played by Richard Gere, who becomes romantically involved with a politician's wife and also becomes the prime suspect in a murder case. So now we've expanded this for uh, television, and so... John Bernthal plays the Richard Gere part. Uh, Gretchen Moles in it too. Leland Orser, Rosie O'Donnell plays the detective. It's like, man, I'm really starting to like what John Bernthal's doing after like We Own the City and stuff like that. Like he's really, he's really coming out with this presence uh, that he has. Uh, I'm only, well, I guess the show is week to week, unlike Dahmer. So it's three, I want to say, I actually think a new episode drops tonight. So it's three episodes in right now, uh, at least what you and I have seen. Uh, and I think it's like, it's really well done. I think it, it's, it's so far anyway, it's a good adaptation of, you know, a two hour movie, but stretched out into many episodes where you get to explore more of the ins and outs and some of the, of some of these things. Maybe sometimes I'm starting to notice like a few things that are probably, uh, you know, big coincidences and stuff that, you know, that they got to be careful with, but, uh, so far I'm digging it and I think he's really good in it. What do you, uh, what do you got? What do you think? I uh, feel exactly the same way as you on this one. I am digging it. And uh, I've mostly liked, I, I actually can't think of a role that John has done that I haven't liked. Yeah, like, and he's great in everything, but here uh, um, he's showing a little bit more vulnerability than some of his other roles where he's just the Punisher, the guy the, in The Walking Dead and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. no, the guy can really act like he's very good everybody uh the cast i think is perfect uh for the roles and i really like what rosie's doing in there too so uh i would uh give that one two thumbs up so far so yeah i think it's not getting a few great episodes reviews. left they better not ruin it better not ruin it yeah i think it's not getting great reviews so far but i i i think it's so far it's really good so um I so know why, one. because people can't see past Wayne Brady being <laughs> like a gigolo pimp guy in here. And it's like, no, he can't do that. I'm like, no, he can. Okay. I will say that is the one piece of like bizarre casting. Uh, that, that is <laughs> You're like, like he knows Brady. somebody. Yeah. And not that he does a bad job, but I'm just no, like, why good. Wayne Brady? Of all the people you could have possibly cast, why Wayne Brady? So uh, that one's on Grave. Read. Uh, I think it's an HBO show, right? Uh, it is. Oh, Showtime. Oh, no, Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Sorry. But it's on Crave uh, in Canada. Uh, definitely worth checking out. And that one's week to week, too. Even the Dahmer one, I've been watching week to week. Like, some of these things, even though they're coming out, like in binge format, I've been watching them week to week anyway. Even something like Irma Bep, uh on HBO. I think that one came out week to week, but I it, it's all there now So I because I didn't start it till later. And now we're still watching it week to week. I'm going back to that. Never mind this binging stuff anymore. I'm going back to yeah. week to week. It's just more entertaining that way. Uh, so look, I was going to talk about a, a home video release that uh, that I picked up this weekend, but I think we might have to save that for next week because we're running out of time and we got to throw back to uh, Jody and uh, everybody else there. So uh, until next week, keep your dukes up. Maybe. All right. Something like that. Okay, dokie. Thank you, guys. So 
I have three comics that I want to talk about today, um, and they actually have some ties to what we were talking about earlier. The first one is called Old Dog, and this one is art, and it's written by Declan Shelby, who also did Injection. Uh, he's worked on Moonlight, uh, Deadpool, a bunch of like other Marvel stuff. It's a sort of spy thing. It jumps around a little bit. It's actually a little janky. I need to read some more of it, I think, before I make a full condemnation of it. But basically, it's this like old guy who's kind of, you know, at the end of his career, he's kind of been screwed over and he's on this weird detail. And then something goes haywire and he wakes up and it's eight years later. And I think he's kind of bionic man-ish and they really love him and they want him to like work on this like genetic thing. And now maybe he's discovered his family and it's like, it's, it's not, it's not well-written. I'll just say that it has some good ideas in it, but it's actual execution is a little bit poor. So I'm hoping that maybe they can iron things out a little bit and maybe by next issue, it'll be a little bit better. A better comic that I read was Creep Show. So the amazing TV show that used to be on that was like in a movie anthology format. So this one is from Image Comics and it has two different stories in it. Uh, the first one is called Take One and it is written and illustrated by Chris Burnham. And it's, it's pretty gory, actually. Both stories are like kind of kid-based, which I really like. Um, and it takes place on Halloween and there's these three kids and they go up to this porch and there's a big bowl of full-size chocolate bars with a sign that says, take one. And they're like, ah, I'm gonna take them all. And then crazy stuff happens, oh my God. And it's, yeah, it's really, really gory and really, really good. But um, yeah, no holds barred here. No punches pulled. Uh, it's, it's full on horror and it's pretty fun. And then the second story in the anthology is called Shingo. And this was written by Paul Dini, who you just mentioned a moment ago. Uh, and it is also written by Stephen Langford and the art is by John McRae. And it's about a birthday party. And uh, mom and dad are divorced or soon to be divorced. And of course, there's the power struggle between, you know, who's the screw up and who's the hero. And daddy was supposed to come up with this like really awesome entertainer for the kid's birthday party. And of course, screwed up. And suddenly there's a flyer on the door that says hire Shingo. So mom hires Shingo. But Shingo isn't somebody in a suit. Shingo is like this super weird creature who ends up like eating everybody. And uh, yeah, and it actually ha does have a happy ending surprisingly, but it like, it's gross. There's a lot of like decapitations and gore and stuff and a lot of uh, divorcing, bickering and, and stuff like that. But it's, <laughs> it's actually really fun. This was a comic that I didn't think that I would like. I like horror and I do like the creep show franchise but I just was setting myself up to be disappointed and I was delightfully enchanted by it. I'm glad to see somebody you know taking a stand on some unethical trick-or-treating practices because it takes courage to be a whistleblower. <laughs> it's been going on way too long you know it's about time it finally hit the forefront of mainstream media. That's right. Yeah 
That's beautiful. Anyways, uh, pick that up. That's a good book. Okay, the last book that I want to talk about is a new book that came out this week called Tim Drake, Robin. The World's Greatest Robin Returns. That is what it says on the cover. Now, I think it's absolutely debatable that Tim Drake is the world's greatest Robin. He's kind of forgettable, as is this comic. Now, when I picked it up again tonight, just to you know refresh my memory, I was like, oh yeah, that's what that's about. I read it this week and I could not remember a single thing about it other than it was illustrated by Riley Rossmo, who is originally from Saskatoon and who I love. And he is very good. The art in this is awesome. He does not chintz. I like all his backgrounds. He's put a lot of work into this comic. I wish I could say that Megan Fitzmartin, who wrote the script, had put in equally as much. It's just kind of bland. Uh, and maybe it's just because they're setting the table. The story focuses around Tim Drake, who has decided to kind of leave the Bat family and go on his own. So he is still going to go and fight crime and do stuff, and he'll probably have some alliances that way. But he's taken up on like this crummy boat in the harbor. He's got some wacky neighbors, and then a murder happens. And I don't know, it just really feels on the nose in a lot of ways. It's a little politically correct. Ah, I don't know. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to read more of this as it comes out, but pretty much forgettable, I would say. So we'll see what uh, DC has in store for us. It wasn't awesome. And to be fair, it might also be because I am so in love with Harley Quinn, the animated series, that whenever I watch it, I can't remember anything else that's going on in the Bat universe because it's funny. Yeah, we, we love this show a lot. We're always big fans on this show of the DC animated work, but this show's a little different, a little more or a lot more adult. Mm -hmm. um, it's a comedy. Yeah. Sometimes a romantic comedy. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when we just seen the first few episodes and we're a little concerned that the Ivy Harley romance might kind of bog down the fun on this show, but that hasn't happened. No, they're back to true form. We've watched a few more episodes since. Uh, they had a whole episode without Harley and Ivy in it. Uh, basically, they were off doing a thing in the swamps and Joker took over an episode where he runs for mayor and wins. Crazy. Yeah, he's got two kids. He's a stepdad now. He's got responsibilities. He's actually trying to make the world a better place. If you've never seen this show and you like the idea of what it would look like if Mad Magazine took over the, Goth the Gotham universe, that's kind of what you're getting. It is. All right. So go watch it. And that wraps up our episode. Thank you for tuning in. You know where to find us here every Friday on CFCR 90.5 FM at 6 p.m. In the meantime, 